Want to advertise your business in a cost-effective way? It's time to give podcast advertising a try. Research shows a high rate of podcast listeners made a purchase as a result of an ad they heard on a podcast. Visit podbean.com slash brands to launch a cost-effective podcast advertising campaign in minutes. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N dot com slash brands. I've been eating like uh, Cheerios, mm. but now I just switch back again to um, what are the ones called? I switch around every couple of months because I get bored with whichever one I've been eating. What kind of beer are we drinking today, Jason? Um, do you have one? <laughs> I just say I say breakfast. <laughs> That doesn't mean you can't have one. Nobody knows what time this is done. Right. I have one here. Oh, do you have one? Yeah. Welcome to Yolitics, the home of cold beer and hot takes on Texas politics. Uh, All right. So um, are you going to get a COVID test uh, is the question. Do you get a COVID test? Will you get a COVID vaccine? And would you do it if your employer told you to do so? You had to do it to return to work. Thanks for being with us for another week of Yolitics. We are exploring that question today. Jason Wheeler here with Jason Whiteley. What are you drinking today, Jace? I have the um, uh, Texas Red American Amber from Rar and Sons in Fort Worth. And I, I picked this up the other day, and I'm really interested. It's an amber, American amber. So let's see what it is. It's a Texas amber. Wait a minute. We'll hold that up again. Yeah, let's see here. I don't want to spill it now. Just open it, man. So this is Raw and Suds. Okay, Texas Red. Hmm. Okay. You ever had this? I have. I don't think I have. Um, I'm doing a Carbach. I think it's. I'm, I think I'm pronouncing that right. Carbach. Yeah. Uh, Love Street Blonde. Uh, this is out of uh, Houston, Texas. You see that? Yeah. Nice. And uh, yeah, I figured we'd give some some love to my hometown today. H Town. Oh, this is good, town. man. This is uh, it says medium body notes of notes of caramel, deep amber color. This is uh, it's like a. Like that sounds harvest. like dessert. Yeah, it's like a harvest beer, man. It's like a, a, a March and an Oktoberfest beer. And, well, well, you know, on the back it says Prost. So it probably oh, nice. is. I'll have uh, Roar and Sun saying, hey, you idiot. It, it is actually an Oktoberfest beer, probably. Hmm. Um, and you know what? I Two sips in to this uh, Love Street Blonde. I'd never tell you if I hate it. Um, but I just wouldn't say anything about it. But I really, really like this. It's clean. <laughs> I'd describe this as clean. It's a good 7 a.m. beer, right? Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, clean and not hoppy. Goes perfectly with, uh, what did we decide these were called uh, that I had for breakfast here? You had one of those, Captain Crunch or No, honeycomb? it's uh, the, the, the wheat things, the little oh, it was pillows of wheat. Pillows of wheat. You know what I'm talking about. Man, little you got to be and they're marketing like pillows. now? Uh, <laughs> frosted mini wheats, but no they frosting. You, they got to get you on the payroll. All right. Speaking of payroll, gosh, we could just go on and on about this. Uh, speaking of payroll, what if uh, your employer said, you know, so many people are working from home right now. Um, and what if your employer, though, said, OK, A, not only do we need you to get back in the office again, but B, we're going to need you to be tested. And C, uh, what about, you know, when a vaccine comes along? Uh, we're going to need you to take that. And we're not asking, we're telling uh, would that, you know, kind of push you, make you inch closer toward doing it? Are you already wanting to take the vaccine? Uh, it, you know, it's interesting, Jason, I think that it kind of breaks down along party lines, at least uh, according to the latest surveys uh, of people, you know, asking them, will they take the vaccine? 
uh, quite a few say that they will now. But it's interesting when they polled Democrats and Republicans and independents, they were all really close to one another in mid-September, about 47 to 53 percent of people saying yes. Hmm. Now, uh, the latest survey, uh, this was done by Gallup, says about 49 percent of Republicans would be willing to take the vaccine, 69 percent of Democrats. So it's odd that this is you can break this out politically when it's really more of a health story. But yeah, that's I, the thinking. I, I mean, yeah, seriously, come on. I mean, this is you had Geraldo on the other day saying that they want this to be called the Trump vaccine. Right. And more than half of Republicans don't want to take it. I mean, come on. Yeah, I, I, I'm not going to argue with the polls. I mean, you know, it, it is what it is. But the, the latest headlines with Moderna now coming out saying that it's going to apply for the emergency use approval. Uh, Pfizer the other day is uh, applying for emergency use approval to get this out You know, immediately. United Airlines, UPS, both gearing up to, to start uh, shipping this stuff and moving it around the country. Uh, immediately, I think Pfizer said that it, it once this is approved by the FDA, which is apparently can happen pretty darn quickly, they can have this, um, you know, being distributed within 24 hours, hmm. which is fantastic. Um, but you know, the the big question is 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 who you know at what point am I going to get it? Because I I am I am in that I'm not going to you know split down party lines on, on getting a vaccine. This is this is a health issue. Right. This is a quality of life issue for me. I, I want to travel again. I want to go out to patios and, yes. you know, have dinner, have drinks, stuff like that. And not feel like you're looking over your shoulder no. all the time and and, and, and and freaking out if somebody, you know, within 10 feet starts coughing. Or having to pull my mask down to order and then put it back up. I mean, come on. Yeah. You know, en- enough's enough. But, See, there, the, the, you know, getting back to the, the, the main point of this whole podcast is there are some, some real questions that, that people are asking, and that is whether you have to get a vaccine to return to work? Can your employer require you to get a vaccine? My first reaction is, no, how can they require me? Because they didn't require me to get, you know, mumps or measles or rubella or anything else to show up at work. How can right. they require me to get this one? Yeah, uh, apparently this is uh, this can be different. Uh, and and so we wanted to get somebody on the line who, who actually knows about stuff like this because, you know, <laughs> we could go on all day talking about what we think. Uh, right. But there is there's actual precedent with this sort of stuff. And this is being talked about now. Like this isn't something where we're just, you know, asking some hypothetical question here. This is something that employers are already talking about behind the scenes. And so you should know that that's happening because, you know, while you're sitting there in your PJs uh, working from home, they are trying to devise ways to get everybody, you know, able to be back in the office again, if that makes sense for them. Uh, And they're trying to figure out how that's safest to to do, especially in light uh, of a vaccine coming down the road. So uh, we pulled in Sarah Mitchell Montgomery. She is a uh, an employment, a labor attorney uh, with uh, Jackson Walker. She's a partner there. Uh, And we uh, picked her brain about what is going on with relation to COVID testing and with uh, COVID vaccines. What can your employer make you do? Sarah, thanks for being with us. Thank you for having me. Uh, so let's talk about, uh, you know, can your boss make you get tested? I think a lot of people have gotten tested just on their own because they want to know their status, et cetera. What if your place of employment says, hey, if you want to come back, you need to get a test or you need to get a test ever so often? 
Does that is that something they can do? Um, yes, it is something that they can do. Um, it is permitted by the EEOC um, that if they have concerns, if there's a, a reason that they are concerned that you may be bringing um, COVID into the workplace or you may have been exposed, they can require you to show that you have a negative test. I will add that in Dallas County, um, there's an order that was issued, I think it was over the summer, where it actually said employers could not require a negative test um, for employees to be allowed back in the workplace. So that's something to keep in mind. We aren't really sure in Dallas County if that's truly enforceable um, because it came from the county judge, Mm. but it's something for Dallas employers to keep in mind. And I will add also that the CDC really has shied away from requiring tests or negative tests before allowing employees back to work uh, with the focus being on the symptoms and uh, you know whether they still have symptoms, how long they've been free of symptoms, how much time has passed since they were diagnosed. Mm. So those are all aspects that employers should consider and may want to avoid having that requirement of you know the negative test to be able to come into the office. Well, Sarah, that's a conversation about tests, but of course, all the conversation now is about the vaccine, and it might be available as early as next month for essential mm-hmm. workers. Now, let me preface this question with, I'm getting the vaccine. Mm-hmm. I want to travel <laughs> again. <too. laughs> I want to sit on a patio and you know have a beer and just be out again. So I'm getting the vaccine. But the question that, that, that I'm hearing from some folks is, you know, I, I'm not required to have a vaccine for any other disease to be employed. Could my employer make me get a COVID-19 vaccine in order to return to work? Yes. Um, Well, most likely, yes. So as of right now, there are actually healthcare providers um, that require their employees to be vaccinated. So it already is happening, you know, not related to the COVID vaccine, but it already exists. Um, So the EEOC in 2009 came out with some guidance on pandemic preparedness. And this was because the swine flu was running rampant at that time. And in that guidance, the EEOC said that employers can require their employees to be vaccinated, but they have to make exceptions. And those exceptions are for disabilities that might be impacted by a vaccine and also religious, um, sincerely held religious beliefs. So we anticipate that the EEOC is going to take the same position with the COVID-19 vaccine. It's possible they could actually say, you can require the vaccine and there are no exceptions to it. Mm -hmm. I am not anticipating that. I think that the uh, EEOC will continue to take a position that the exceptions for religious uh, beliefs, not ethical, or, you know, personal, I don't want to have the vaccine. I just think it's, you know, worrisome or I don't like vaccines. That's not going to be enough. But a sincerely held uh, religious belief or a disability that would prevent you from getting it would be exceptions. But how, how does that work then? Um, because if, I mean, let's say I get the vaccine and Wheeler, who has a sincerely held religious belief, doesn't get it. Mm-hmm. Does he come back to the workplace? Does he wear a mask? What what does it look like? Because I'm not sure if I want Wheeler sitting next to me. I mean, anytime, but uh, yeah. even on much a good less day. without yeah. a vaccine. 
<laughs> Absolutely. That's a, a you know very legitimate concern. So it's not going to just be all or nothing. It's going to have to be an interactive process. So the employer is going to have to talk to that employee, if, whether it's because they have a disability or a sincerely held religious belief, and try to accommodate that employee if it's possible. And that may not be possible to do in a safe way. So, you know, Wheeler, if he wants to come back to work, but he won't be vaccinated because of his sincerely held religious beliefs, the employers can say, well, you can work remotely if that's an option. Or in our work environment, we can put you in an office away from other employees so that you don't expose them. We've, we've already, a, we've already asked possible. that about Jason. We've, we've asked if we could <laughs> it doesn't work. <laughs> He's always going to be exposing everybody. <laughs> um, but, but basically, if you can accommodate, you accommodate. If it's an undue burden, um, which can mean different things depending on what law we're talking about, but it can be a cost issue. It can be a risk to other employees, creating a threat to other employees or to customers, then you may not be able to accommodate. And in that situation, if the employer's gone through that analysis, engaged in the interactive process, then they may have to let that employee go or put them on leave, um, just depending on the situation. So it is possible that it could be the end of somebody's employment if they cannot get that vaccine, but it's not going to just be a quick decision. It's going to have to be an analysis before uh, just, that happens. Just a disclaimer here. I, I have not said I wouldn't get a vaccine. Uh, that was all hypothetical. <laughs> I, I would actually get it with which, by the way, uh, a new poll out this week says uh, about 58 percent of Americans now say that they would get the vaccine that is up from uh, a month before and probably has something to do with the the positive results that a couple of companies have come forward with saying, you know, their vaccines are look effective. Uh, I want to know this. Uh, You deal with so many different big employers uh, Mm -hmm. on employment issues. How much is COVID testing, COVID vaccines, things like that, how much is that on their radar right now? How how much of their bandwidth is being taken up up with that? So so pretty much, I feel like my practice right now is about 95% COVID related (laughs) as far as questions I'm getting, Um, You know, definitely employers are looking for ways to make their uh, workplaces as safe as possible. That's a huge concern. So, you know, testing um, how to, you know, uh, determine whether somebody's safe to come back into the workplace, doing temperature screens, health questionnaires, all of those things are happening right now because employers are concerned with keeping their employee population safe and healthy. So I absolutely think that when the vaccines are readily available, which, you know, of course, they're going to start rolling out and we don't anticipate that they'll immediately be available to the general population. It'll start with those frontline workers and then the most vulnerable of our population. But once it is readily available, I do believe that a lot of, especially large employers, who have um, a number of employees who really need to be working together with each other, who can't be working remotely, um, you know, whether that's manufacturing, warehouse, you know, those types of operations in particular, requiring that vaccine is going to um, assist those employers in keeping their workers safe. Mm. So 
it's definitely going to be a big, big topic. I'm stunned to hear 95% of the business uh, that you're dealing with right now relates to COVID with employers. Uh, But I guess it makes a lot of sense because this is all just such uncharted territory. What's what's the driver of that, though, uh, as far as you you know being brought into those conversations? Is it that they're trying to avoid liability? Is it that they're just unsure about, you know, what to do because this is so novel? What's the Mm -hmm. what's the driver? It's really both. Um, So they want to avoid liability. Um, They want to ensure that, you know, they're doing what they can to make their workforce safe, but also do it on a legal way. Mm. Because, you know, there are some limitations there. You know, we have laws, we have laws on discrimination, disability, as I already mentioned, religious views. Um, And then we also have leave, paid leave, the um, Families First Coronavirus Response Act, just a variety of issues and laws that come into play. So you have employers wanting to ensure they're abiding by those laws, um, but you also, it's just a new uh, a new situation. It hasn't been dealt with. Even in 2009, when we had the swine flu, it never really got out of control. There was concern that it would, but it was really contained. So this is truly the first time that employers have been faced with something so widespread and so contagious that it's a pandemic. Uh, even the flu, which we deal with every year, has not you know ever risen to this kind of uh, concern among employers where it actually results in the legislature coming out with laws directly addressing the particular illness. Mm-hmm. And Sarah, since COVID is so new, it, it's almost guaranteed that we're going to have some employees likely test this in court. Are you prepared for that? Or are, are you thinking that's going to happen? Absolutely. Um, We do anticipate that the litigation relating to COVID-19, you know, whether it's discrimination or, um, you know, it could be that um, somebody feels that they've been exposed in the workplace to COVID-19 and that their employer didn't take sufficient steps to try to um, protect them, we're absolutely going to see an uptick in that litigation uh, as the months go by. And because um, it always takes some time for that type of stuff to get through into the courts. But we're, we're already seeing those types of claims coming forth. When I hear that, I think man, we're going to see workplaces that are just going to be jam-packed with plexiglass and and lots Mm -hmm. of new rules for when a lot of people come back to the office. Just because it sounds like employers, this is really on their radar. They're really going to be doing everything they can to limit uh, that liability. And, And might we also see, you know, people who are working from home right now do that possibly a little extra longer than they really would have needed to logistically, Mm -hmm. but just to make sure that all the bases are covered and everything is totally ready for everybody to come back. Absolutely. I think that not only will we see people continue to work remotely when it's possible, um, when that's offered and available to them, I wouldn't be surprised if some positions just turn into remote positions. Um, one thing I will say, <laughs> raising your pick hand. Me, pick me, pick I know. me, I'm I mean, the one. <laughs> I work remotely. Um, I feel that, I, you know, like a lot of people probably feel I'm able to get my job done um, from yes. my home. I think, you know, for those individuals who have been able to successfully transition to a remote environment, I think they're 
probably pretty comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see the benefits, you kind of view, you know, why do I really need to be back in the office and exposing myself potentially? Plus you have commute time, you have, you know, mm-hmm. variety of issues. I think that businesses also see an upside in it. If mm-hmm. it, if their employees are um, productive, well, they can save on costs. All the overhead costs go down if you have a remote workforce. So. I anticipate that this will be a trend and the downside, of course, the real estate in, you know, downtown Dallas, for instance, that may be very negatively impacted. But I think, um, you know, for businesses, it could be a real upside as far as overhead costs. Hey, Sarah, getting to uh, back to the vaccine uh, specifically, though, if I work for a hospital or if I work for uh, a fire department or a police department, I might not have much of a choice. On, right. on taking this right? That's right, because kind of what I said earlier, if there's really no way for them to accommodate you, because let's say you have to be in um, the office, so to speak, in the hospital, in the, you know, fi- the firehouse, if you have to be on site, you can't be remote, and there's really no way that they can ensure that you aren't potentially going to um, infect others, Um, particularly, for instance, a hospital, you have patients coming in. I think that it's going to be very difficult for them to accommodate. Um, So it's certainly a possibility that uh, if you were in that situation, you could end up losing your job if they couldn't find a way to uh, reasonably accommodate whatever your issue was. I think that some people worry about a slippery slope, though, too. What if your employer does say, hey, you've got to get this COVID vaccine. We're in the middle of a pandemic, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, everybody gets it. Uh, and then, you know, the following year, does it make it easier perhaps for an employer to say, hey, everybody needs to get the flu vaccine this time around. We can't have, you know, people spreading this around the office. We've done this before. It has precedent. We did it with COVID. Is there is there an, an issue with that or no? Um. I think that it's unlikely in most office settings to become an issue because what separates COVID-19 from other illnesses, such as kind of the seasonal flu that we see every year, is that it is so rampant and has the death toll that it has. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, especially with the older, more vulnerable um, members of our population. So that has made COVID-19 really have a a focus on trying to prevent the spread more than you see with the flu. Mm -hmm. And so the EEOC has been a lot more um, generous in allowing employers to take more extreme steps to uh, protect their workforce. So I don't think we're going to see that unless we had a situation where the flu was something like the swine flu, Mm -hmm. high death toll, um, you know, spreading rapidly, then we probably would see something similar take place. But I don't think you're gonna see employers jump on that. I think also they would get a lot of pushback from their workforce if they started trying to make every you know, vaccine that was available mandatory. I think you're just gonna get a lot of um, uh, pushback that you wouldn't necessarily get with COVID-19 because it is scary. Sarah, I was going through your bio and looking at your resume before this uh, this interview here and I see your experience in you know defamation, whistleblower claims, uh, theft of trade secrets, executive mm-hmm. contracts, and term negotiations. Uh, did you ever think you'd be dealing this closely with disease in your Honestly, practice? no. <laughs> hmm. um, it, when this all started in March, I will tell you that it was a very steep 
learning curve for all of us. Um, not so much that, you know, obviously we deal with EEOC, ADA, religious discrimination, but to actually deal with a pandemic and, you know, its impact and how employers respond to it. And then, the, you know, having the Families First Coronavirus Response Act come out yeah. and everybody had a thousand questions. So it really has been um, a very quick and intense uh, period of learning and catching up. And now I feel like I could talk about pandemics all day long. <laughs> <laughs> and you do. I don't want to. <laughs> Uh, that it, it's it's fascinating though to to hear the preparations on the other side when you are uh, an employee. It's it's just fascinating to hear the perspective from what employers are going through and what they're uh, doing right now. Uh, but the short uh, the short takeaway here is that yes, your employer can require that you be tested for COVID nineteen. Yes, your employer can require that you get a vaccine in most cases, with some exceptions. Most likely, and I only give that caveat because the EEOC has not come out officially but Mm -hmm. what we are very much anticipating based on you know their prior guidance is that yes that will be permitted Mm -hmm. um, with the caveats and then thirdly uh, for those people who are still fighting about masks yes your employer can require that you wear a mask at work absolutely yep that's that's kind of that one's an easy one mm-hmm. so um you there's going to be very few exceptions to that same analysis kind of what we talked about with covid uh, vaccine but i think you're going to find that it's there are a lot fewer issues that really require that you not wear those masks right so mask up <laughs> sarah i have a feeling we'll be talking to you more in, in the coming weeks and coming months as uh, people start going back to work with this vaccine absolutely i'd be glad to join you guys again it was fun Thanks, Thanks so Sarah. much. So, so those are the three takeaways. And, you know, the mask, yeah, I completely get that. I, yes. I want to wear a mask at work. And, you know, honestly, I, I'd feel better at the end of the day if I had the vaccine with the mask, with everything else. So like, we can, you know, get this behind us. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, if enough people, I mean, the thinking is that if enough people get the vaccine, you wouldn't have to have masks anymore uh, because you would have enough people who are protected and it would be, you know, you know, the, the thinking is, I guess it would be like the flu, you know, enough people get inoculated and, you know, if it's not a bad strain that year that, you know, doesn't meet the shot, then, you know, you have a pretty good year. But it requires people stepping up. And again, right now, you know, the, we've, we're seeing the numbers come up as far as the number of people who say that they would be vaccinated. I think a lot of that is driven by the fact that they're seeing the efficacy of what some of these vaccines are promising to do. And it sounds like they are very effective, at least in the testing that we've seen so far. Yeah. I, I predict, Jason, as, as you see this stuff roll off the, the assembly line there, people start getting this vaccine and they seem to tolerate it well, and they don't seem to be getting sick, I suspect that those numbers are going to go way up, regardless of whether your employer is telling you that you have to get it. So my mom will sit at home and she'll watch cable news. I I won't have to tell you which cable news channel she watches, but she'll sit there and watch cable news, and then she'll get on the phone with me and say how, you know, I just don't, I I don't know if I want to get this vaccine. I just, I don't want to be the first in line. Definitely, I don't want to be the first in line. I'm going to wait six months. Hmm. I'm like, well, you know how this thing works, don't you? I mean, they have like thousands of people go through these trials. So thousands of people have already had it before you get in line there to even right. take it. 
Right. So I, uh, people, I, I don't know why people don't don't get that aspect of it. Well, um, I don't mind. I I don't mind waiting a little bit. I don't mind not being the first person in line either. And happily enough for me, um, I don't get to be first in line. I mean, this is going to be phased out, and they're going to say, right. "Hey, uh, you important group over there, you're first. Hey, important group over here, you're you're next." I'm going to be one of the less important groups, and so I'm not going to have a choice but to wait a while to get mine. Do you, do you get the flu vaccine, Jason? Yeah, I, I actually do. just got that the other day. Yeah, really. Better yeah. late than never. Why do you I sound, guess, you know. Why do you sound surprised? I was just surprised. I, I didn't know if you actually got it or not. I didn't used to, um, but yeah, I, I I got an earful for not getting it from Mrs. Wheeler. She gave you an earful. No, from 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 viewers. Really? Yeah, because I you know we we were talking about it on on air one day, and I mentioned like, oh, I don't usually get it, and I haven't gotten mine yet, and boy, people railed on me. Uh, and, and they were like, this is not about you. It's about you not making other people sick who are in vulnerable communities. And I thought, wow, I guess that was selfish. I'd never really thought of it like that, you know. Um, you should tell them you eat mini weeds, though. <laughs> yeah. That's protection right there, my friend. Without the frosting. And I pair it, uh, you know, today with a beer that really goes well <laughs> with it. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to this episode of Yolitics. Uh We'll be back. What, next week? We will. With, with something uh, more to talk about. Yes, uh, so so join us then and subscribe while you're here so that you get these as soon as they drop every Tuesday. Thanks, as always, for listening, and we will talk again next week.